It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, it looks like for the first time in a long time, the Eagles have fixed their wide receiver core and their cornerback group. However, I have felt that way about past Eagles position groups at these spots. I'm going to get into why the 2022 group is different, reminisce about those other groups in past years. That's coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Happy Memorial Day, Eagles fans across the world. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before because Bet Online is where the game starts. I'm Louis DiBiase joining you on this Monday edition of the show, kicking off another week of podcasts. We are your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, Monday through Friday on all podcast platforms. You can find us as well in video form on YouTube. Please, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Really trying to continue to grow that video content for you. We also have exclusive video content on YouTube that is not available to our audio listeners. So of course we have each podcast every day posted on Apple, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you listen, Google as well. But again, YouTube has some extra videos that we do post throughout the week as well. Also follow us on Twitter at LockdownBirds, at DBLCLOE, and at GC24 underscore football. All right, I think that's enough for our shameless plugs for the day. Again, happy Memorial Day, everybody. Hope you all are enjoying this day, remembering why it's so important in the United States, thinking about our armed forces, and really spending the time with your loved ones that, uh, again, they allow us to have, you know, these moments of peace and, you know, get to enjoy this day. And they allow me to be able to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles each and every day. And so today on the podcast, I want to get into the Eagles wide receivers right now. They look really good. AJ Brown, Devonte Smith, Quez Watkins. I saw a receiver rankings list and I don't think it was anybody prominent that made the list, but again, just, you know, going off a random list, you can see the consensus around the country is, how improved this Eagles offense is. A.J. Brown, I saw, was number nine overall as a top 10 receiver on that list. Devontae Smith was 27th. So you're thinking about you have two top tier receivers in the NFL. Quez Watkins, to me, is one of the most underrated receivers in football heading into his third season. And the cornerback group looks fixed, too. Darius Slay mentioned the other day, him and James Bradbury and Avante Maddox, they're trying to recreate what the Eagles had in the early 2000s with Bobby Taylor and Lido Shepard and Sheldon Brown and Troy Vincent. They have not had that kind of luck since those guys to the point where the players themselves know it. And I want to get into why I feel differently about this group in 2022, why I think this group is actually going to bring back that kind of prosperity compared to some other seasons, because I felt this exact way in May. 
many times in even the last five years. So we'll get into that later on in the show. But first, I wanted to talk about something that I felt was pretty important after hearing some devastating news uh, this weekend that former first-round draft pick of the Minnesota Vikings, a former TCU standout cornerback Jeff Gladney, had heartbreakingly passed away. I believe it was this morning at the age of 25 in a car accident. It was just awful to hear. And you had the Dwayne Askins um, incident happen, you know, a couple months, about a month ago. And, you know, you just, you never want to hear that. And it's horrible. Again, this was a kid that was 25 years old. That was only a first round pick a couple seasons ago. And I saw Jalen Rager tweet about it and how he talked about really everything he's been through. And he didn't like go in depth on, you know, he didn't really go through any thread. He kind of just said, you know, rest in peace, Jeff Gladney, not sure how much more I can take. And your heart breaks for this member of the Philadelphia Eagles that was best friends with Gladney who passed away this morning. And it's just, it's tough to read. And again, with Jalen Rager, it's a unique situation too. And really just thinking about this situation, seeing him, you know, lose another loved one, you know, this happened last year as well in the summer for Jalen Rager. He's been through a lot, not just on the field with his struggles to start his pro career, but off the field, this kid has been through a ton in the last couple of years on top of all the pressure he's had as a first round pick that was supposed to be, you know, the new Deshaun Jackson, Carson Wentz's top receiver. And you get so zoomed in about these guys and the platform they're on and how much, you know, intense scrutiny they're under. The microscope is there in the NFL. And my job is in fans and analysts alike, they're going to go deep into the football side of Jalen Rager and talk about, you know, why he hasn't panned out since being drafted in 2020 and why the Eagles maybe need to move on. And you guys know, Gino and I, we have done that exact thing and talked about how Rager maybe just doesn't fit on this football team anymore. Right now he's kind of the fifth receiver behind A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and Zach Paschal. Like, that's our job to talk about that kind of stuff and, and zoom in very deep into the football aspect of things. But then when you see a 25-year-old kid pass away that had so much potential and just gone way too soon, and you see how it affects somebody like Rager, it kind of really does just make you take a step back and think more about these players as people, right? And Again, it puts things in perspective. Like sometimes you lose sight of that because, you know, Rager and these athletes are so well known. They're celebrities that sometimes they truly don't seem like they exist outside of that domain. Like it feels like sometimes they're just these famous, incredibly gifted, talented players that you only see on the football field. Then you go about your life throughout the week and they kind of just disappear, right? Or at least in your mind outside of, again, simply analyzing their football career. I don't know if that's cliche to think about these players and, you know, you talk about their people too. When people say don't criticize players, like I'm not saying you guys know me, I'm not a giant Homer that feels like you're not allowed to criticize players, your favorite team. But I do think we lose sight of sometimes how we criticize. We go about, you know, critiquing some of these players and especially as young and influential as they can be like Rager, you know, I, I'm 25 years old. I couldn't imagine having that kind of weight of the world on my shoulders, dealing with this kind of personal stuff too, where you're losing family members and best friends to accidents and they lose their lives. It's like, it, it really, especially on this kind of day on Memorial Day, it really does put things in perspective. And for me, it kind of makes me reevaluate because you guys know even how I pile on Jalen Hurts and I try to fairly analyze these players and prop them up when they deserve it and 
critique them when they deserve that as well. But I do, you know, Rager, especially you see the troll jobs and just how every tweet he's ever sent, it just things pile up and pile up. And that's happened with other players before too. Like Nelson Aguilar also comes to mind. And then you, you see this kind of thing and I don't know, it might just be, you know, kind of obvious, but for me, it just put things in perspective again about wanting to do things the right way on this podcast and on the Twitter platform, especially that can be sometimes very toxic, especially in the city of Philadelphia. And it's been brutal for a guy like Rager. Again, he deserves all the criticism that he's gotten, but the way he's been critiqued is really tough and he's been through a ton. So it's just tough. And again, made me think about doing things the right way and remembering that these are people and yeah, they should be able to handle the criticism, but um you know, when things like this happen, it makes you kind of understand how hard it can really be. And so, you know, that that's my job as an analyst is to find that balance, right? Because I'm as big a fan of this football team as I am an analyst, you know what I mean? So it's hard to not, you know, get caught up in the emotion, right? Of wanting this team to do good and wanting these players to do good, especially when you put so much resources and stock into them. But then this take, makes you take a step back for sure. So I just felt that was important to talk about. It's just being mindful of, you know, being a genuinely kind human being and, you know, doing the job and being a fan the right way. And this kind of, I think, really amplifies that for sure. So, you know, heart goes out to Jeff Gladney's family, Jalen Rager as well. You know, it doesn't matter what happens on the football field. Jalen Rager lost somebody so close to him. And it makes you think about how, less important all the other stuff is and it makes you try to do your job better and be a fan a whole lot better so again heart goes out to gladney his family and rager um coming up next i do want to talk though about the wide receiver position because this team has really struggled at this position for most of the 21st century despite all of their success at cornerback two it got me thinking like seeing these lists seeing the eagle sign james bradbury all of the hype that corner and receiver are getting Again, it reminded me of some past years since I would say like 2015, where I felt like for the first time in a long time, receiver and corner, they might be a strength of this football team where they're not winning in spite of it. It never really panned out in those other years that I want to get into, but 2022, I feel like is going to be different. So we'll get into that coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. And guys, today's show is sponsored by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA Finals. We've got the Celtics and the Warriors starting on Thursday. That's going to be such an entertaining series. Jason Tatum against Steph Curry. You've got Klay Thompson against Jalen Brown. Marcus Smart against Andrew Wiggins. Go bet on the NBA playoffs, the MLB. You've got UFC fights, the NHL playoffs as well, the Stanley Cup Finals coming up soon. We've got conference finals. This week, bet on it all at our number one sports book, the official sports book of the Lockdown Podcast Network, betonline.net. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action because bet online is where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Monday edition of Locked On Eagles, and we thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Make sure your next listen is the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So I I thought about this the other day because, you know, you see the Eagles sign James Bradbury a couple weeks ago. They have Darius Slay coming off the best season, I think, of his career in 2021. Avante Maddox, too, the first time he is a full-time player in the slot at corner. They trade for A.J. Brown at the draft. Devontae Smith, you expect to take a massive leap forward in year two. Same with Quez Watkins in year three, but year two as a full-time starter. And you're like... I feel like receiver and corner are going to be a strength of this football team. You see Twitter lists now where A.J. Brown's a top 10 receiver, fantasy rankings as well. He is in the top 10. Devontae Smith is expected to be within the top 20, I think top 15 when it's all said and done. Again, I wouldn't be surprised. I know A.J. Brown is the better receiver right now, but if you told me Devontae Smith had a better season than A.J. Brown in 2022, I really wouldn't bat an eye. The situation looks amazing on paper. But then when I thought about that, I'm like, this feels familiar. I feel like I have felt this way before. And I have many times about receiver and corner because we care so much about these positions because this team has not got it right. Again, at corner since Bobby Taylor and Troy Vincent and then Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown, you had, you know, nine years of continuity in top tier talent of this position. And then after that, you had a couple good years of Asante Samuel. And then it went, to all hell corner has been something you've won in spite of instead of something you've won because of and wide receiver too. Like you had Deshaun Jackson and Jeremy Macklin from 2010 to 2014. Great situation to have. Got to give a shout out to, to Jason Avant, one of the best slot receivers in Eagles history. Some of the best hands I've ever seen. And of course, 2017 pretty good, right? With Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar and Torrey Smith. But overall, Over the last 22 years, even going back just in this past decade, receiver and corner have been tough. But there have been times, and again, because of that, we've gotten really hyped up about what the Eagles have done on paper with these positions, right? I mean, let's let's go through some of them. I mean, you have, let's see right here to start with, 2019, you had the DNA group of Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, and Nelson Aguilar. I mean, to me, I've been more hyped about that trio than I was more hyped about 2019, that group, than even what they have right now in 2022 with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Quez Watkins. I thought Deshaun Jackson was the missing piece. He was the deep threat that Carson Wentz had never had. I had dreamed for years about Deshaun Jackson catching footballs from Carson. And there was reunion talks from 2016 up until he came back in 2019. Nelson Aguilar at that point had been... The last two years, the best deep threat in the league inside in the slot. Elshon Jeffrey, a playoff hero, two years in a row until, of course, he dropped the pass in New Orleans. There was so much hype to that, kind of like 2022, and that didn't work out. It started with complete fireworks, right? I mean, week one against Washington, you couldn't have asked for anything better. Elshon Jeffrey has two touchdowns. Nelson Aguilar wasn't really involved, but Deshaun Jackson has nine catches for 154 yards and two touchdowns talk about a reunion kicking it off and then it instantly died instantly week two Alshon gets hurt Deshaun Jackson gets hurt Nelson Aguilar is dropping passes he looks like 2016 Aguilar again it all went to hell because of injuries because of regression in play because of age 
And so this is why when I think of 2022, I'm like, I get excited and then I'm like, ooh, I have felt this way before. I have been spurned before. 2019 is one of them, right? Djax, Aguilar, and Alshon, the DNA trio that we thought was going to get Carson Wentz to his Super Bowl that Nick Foles had two years before. And then another one that I really felt good about, and maybe looking back now, that was kind of crazy, but I liked 2020. And I love this quote from LaDainian Tomlinson when this was right after the NFL draft, when they drafted Jalen Rager, they traded for Marquise Goodwin. They drafted John Hightower. They drafted Quez Watkins. They had Deshaun Jackson coming back. That was five receivers that ran in the four threes, right? And so LaDainian Tomlinson said they really built a track team at the wide receiver position for Carson Wentz. That was another year where I got really excited. I didn't think they had a true top receiver. I didn't know if Jalen Rager had that in him, but I thought he could be your next Deshaun Jackson. Then you find your Jeremy Macklin to be that too. And you add all of that speed. We were just so enamored with speed in 2020 because the Eagles were in 2019 all about 12 personnel. They had to use Ertz and Goddard and the receivers they had were slow and plotting. Alshon Jeffrey, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. It was Greg Ward. This team was the slowest offense in football, at least the slowest good team in football. So I was so hyped about 2020. Looking back now, the logic was more off than like 2019 and some other years because of the tunnel vision strategy they were taking. But it really didn't work out that year either. I thought it was going to. I thought Djax is going to come back healthy and he's going to look like he did to start the year in 2019. I really liked Jalen Rager coming out of TCU. And then I thought between Marquise Goodwin, John Hightower, and Quez Watkins, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside coming back in his second season, Alshon Jeffrey, those are like five receivers. One of them are going to pan out as your third guy with Rager and Djax. So it might seem crazy now, but I was really hyped up on the 2020 receiver trio, and that didn't work either. There's just been a lot of position groups that we've hyped up since 2015 that didn't work out. You know, So you always have to proceed with caution. Again, it's a tale as old as time. What happens in February, I should say March, April, May and June in the NFL doesn't always mean a whole lot. The Eagles know that more than anybody. We talked about that on our show last week when we talked about hyped up off seasons. And it kind of got me thinking more about this topic in particular. Another group is 2016. Like that was tunnel vision too, with how much youth they brought in, but Nelson Aguilar was coming into his second season. I thought they'd stolen Doriel Green Beckham from the Tennessee Titans when they traded Dennis Kelly for DGB. They had Jordan Matthews, who was a consistent, good receiver. Not great, but good receiver the previous two seasons. You had Josh Huff as well in there. I mean, this might sound crazy, but I was into all of those receiving groups. 2020, uh, 2019, 2016, and then like looking at other positions, how about the Legion of Zoom? DeMarco Murray, Ryan Matthews, and Darren Sproles. In 2015, after they traded away LaShawn McCoy, everybody's like, I said this. Yeah, you're trading away McCoy, but you get Kiko Alonso, you get a great linebacker on defense, and you get three running backs for the price of one that are going to match that production, and they're going to fit what Chip Kelly wants more. <laughs> well, we know that didn't even come close to being the actual reality. So I felt spurned before kind of like the way I feel in 2022. I've been excited about a lot of position groups in the offseason. Another one, talk about the cornerback position. I thought Razul Douglas, Sidney Jones, Avante Maddox, Craven LeBlanc, I thought that group of four young corners were going to bring you long-term stability at the cornerback position for the first time since, you know, as Darius Slay said himself, since Lito Shepard and Sheldon Brown. 
And this is kind of a mixed bag. I do feel I go back and forth with this group of corners because you did see some upside in 2018. Razul Douglas down the stretch, the final month of the season, one of the best corners in football. Go look at his pro football focus grades and coverage against the run. Crave on the block as well in the slot. Vontae Maddox was, you know, people forget 2018. The reason in 2020, Jim Schwartz felt okay about giving Maddox the outside job opposite Darius Slay was because Maddox in 2018 was amazing in his rookie year on the outside through that second playoff run with Nick Foles that got them to the second round. So it wasn't like it was a, a total flop. And City Jones, he had his moments too. He won you two key games to win the division at the end of the 2019 season. Two key plays against the New York Giants. Three plays, actually. Two interceptions. Um, or I won the big one week 17 against the Giants. He made the play against Michael Gallup in the back of the end zone against Dallas, which was the real game to win the division. And before that, on Monday Night Football, he made another interception on Eli Manning to turn that game around. So there were some ups, but, um, you know, and I don't think Razul Douglas got a fair shake. But at the same, I think Ronald Darby, Jalen Mills were kind of roadblocks. But I do understand why the Eagles didn't go all in on these young players. Looking back now, I see it more than I did at the time. Like Sidney Jones, Razul Douglas, I pers- I truly don't believe got a fair shake. I think that's very obvious now, considering how good he's been with the Green Bay Packers and the you know upside in the highs that he showed in Philadelphia and heck, even in Carolina a couple years ago. Sidney Jones, I don't know, did he did he not get a fair shake? Like again, Darby and Mills kind of were roadblocking him from being a full-time starter. He never got the opportunity to be just that. But I do understand why the Eagles would never want to give him that chance. Like he got hurt all of the time. So how could you ever trust him to be your full-time corner? There's just been a lot of groups that I have felt the same way as I have about the 2022 corner and receiver groups for the Philadelphia Eagles. And none of those panned out. So a part of me, the toxic part of me that has trust issues is like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me four, five, or six times. What am I doing with my life? But I do think I'm ready to love again. I really do think it's going to be different this time with the Eagles receivers in 2022 and the cornerbacks. And I'll get into more of that coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Eagles fans, welcome back into this Monday edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It is Locked On Eagles. I'm getting into today how, you know, in the past, we've kind of been burned by the preseason, the offseason wide receiver and cornerback hype of, you know, past position groups for the Eagles. 2016 with Nelson Aguilar, DGB, and Jordan Matthews. You know, 2019, Deshaun Jackson, Elshon Jeffrey, and Nelson Aguilar. 2020, DJX, uh, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, John Hightower, Marquise Goodwin, JJ, I think, Whiteside, that entire committee of receivers. Cornerback, I think we were burned with the way things went with Sidney Jones and Razul Douglas. 
two guys in 2017 you took in the second and third round. Those are legitimate investments for the cornerback position in Philadelphia, considering they barely have ever the last decade and 15 years have taken corners that high in the draft. Um, even going to running back like Darren Sproles, DeMarco Murray, and Ryan Matthews, the Legion of Zoom, all these dumb nicknames, we've really bought into the hype before and we've kind of been burned for it. And so the question is, is like, should we feel the same way about, you know, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith at receiver with Quez Watkins? Should we believe that, you know, Darius Slay and James Bradbury aren't going to just be Byron Maxwell and Namdi Asamoa with DRC and Asante in 2011, that they're just not going to disappoint like pretty much every other offseason of hype, every position group, every team the Eagles have hyped up or been hyped throughout the offseason. They've all disappointed. I mean, honestly, they, they really have. The Super Bowl team in 2017, I thought was going to be a nine-win football team. The, the hyped-up teams, 2011, didn't make the playoffs. 2015, didn't make the playoffs. 2019, only barely got into the playoffs because of the crappy division they were in because their quarterback dragged them to that playoffs. 2018, I mean, we didn't really expect that team down the stretch to make the postseason. This past year, 2021, we thought that was a seven to you know five to seven win football team. They made the playoffs. They exceed expectations, and that's why I always like when the Eagles don't really get a lot of hype in the offseason because they normally exceed it. But whenever they get hyped up, kind of like this year, normally throughout my entire fanhood, and again I'm a young fan, I'm 24 years old, it normally is not panned out. But I will say, as crazy as after saying all of that, as saying this sounds, I do think it's going to be different in 2022. Like I do not think especially at receiver and corner, the Eagles are going to suffer the same fate as those past groups did. Because the difference is these guys are in their prime. They're proven. They fit the culture. They fit the offense. They fit the defense. They fit the scheme. You know, it's not overpaid veterans that are already, that you're paying for what they did rather than what they're going to do, right? A.J. Brown is 24 years old and every year of his career, he's been good. Devontae Smith, I don't know how he could even be a bust. He already isn't. He just broke the rookie receiving record that Deshaun Jackson set in 2008. Quez Watkins is one of the most efficient deep threats in the league. He's, what, 20, again, 24, 23 years old? And then at corner, Darius Slay is coming off the best year of his career. He has always been good. He's still in his prime. James Bradbury, yeah, maybe you're a little nervous about that, but based on the down year he had in 2021, but he still wasn't horrible in 2021. And the following the previous seasons before that in 2019 and 2020, the guy was a pro bowler. And again, he's only 28 years old and he's on a one-year deal where he's really not getting paid that much. He's getting paid $10 million, but guaranteed it's under eight. So even if these guys did bust, you could get rid of Bradbury. You're not totally, I mean, AJ Brown, you just signed a four-year $100 million deal, but you know, the biggest concerns I have with this Eagles football team in 2022, they're not really about receiver and corner. Avante Maddox, too. I don't, I don't, I think last year that play, yeah, I know he was really bad in 2019 and 2020, but they were moving him all around the slot on the outside. You know, I don't think they're going to move him to safety this year at all. They're just going to let him focus in the slot like he did last year. And he was better off for it. He was one of the best slot corners in the league. I just, I feel very confident. And they all fit the schemes. They fit what Jonathan Gannon wants. They fit what Nick Sirianni wants. If there's chemistry with these guys, I just think it's going to work this time at these two positions. I really do. 
if the Eagles are going to be a bust and they're going to disappoint like the 2011 Eagles did, like the 2015 Eagles did, like the 2019 Eagles did, 2020 even as well, as I mentioned with that receiver group and those teams overall, I don't think it's going to be because of receiver and corner. And that is a hell of a feeling. And to hear someone like Darius Slay say they're determined and they're aware of this past history that I'm bringing up makes me feel even better. They know the stakes. They know what this city has been through with these two very important positions in the modern day NFL, which motivates them and makes me feel even more secure that they are not going to screw this up because it's important to them. Like to hear Darius Slay make a reference to Lido Shepard and Sheldon Brown, I wanted to run through a brick wall. That's awesome. Because again, they have not had that continuity, that consistency of this position since then. And it's been so long and it's so exciting to feel that way. And it doesn't feel as much like fool's gold as those past seasons did. Maybe I said that back then too, though. I could pull up the podcast, but for now, I'm going to stick with that take. And again, we got to see what happens on the football field come September. But until then, I'm going to sign off. This is Locked On Eagles. Not until the season, of course. I'm going to be back tomorrow because still, May, June, July, Monday through Friday, we have a daily podcast for you on the Philadelphia Eagles right here on the Locked On Eagles podcast. As always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Make sure your second listen is the Locked On NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. Never in the NFL. There is no offseason. Follow the Locked On NFL podcast every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your shows. As always, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. Thank you so much for downloading. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And let's go, Birds. I'll see you tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.